0: scripture reading for today is from the Old Testament, the book of Judges, chapter four, verses one through seven, the story of Deborah. Hear these the words of scripture. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, now that Ehud was dead. So the Lord sold them into the hands of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. Sisera, the commander of his army, was based in Heresheth Hagoyim. Because he had 900 chariots fitted with iron and had had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years, they cried to the Lord for help. Now Deborah, a prophet, the wife of Lapidoth, was leading Israel at that time. She held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites went up to her to have their disputes decided. She sent for Barak, son of Abinoam from Kadesh in Naphtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go, take with you 10,000 men from Naphtali and Zebulun and lead them up to Mount Tabor. I will lead Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his troops to the Kishon River and give him into your hands. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: We can clap for all those names. Yes, he did a very good job. (laughs) good job eric (laughs) even after giving a finance update that's well-rounded so today we continue our worship series entitled faces of our faith because so often we focus on those big names of scripture those well-known main characters like moses and jesus and mary and paul But there are plenty of ordinary people in scripture, people who go about their days and then suddenly they are confronted with a situation in which they are called to live out their faith and to act. And so as we move into this new year, we're going to reflect on six of those regular folks who are often overlooked when we focus on the biblical narratives We're going to dig deep into their worlds and see what they might teach us about living out our faith here and now. And through the Spirit's leading, I pray that we will see how God is calling each and every one of us to participate in God's story of redemption and grace. Let's pray. Oh God, may the words of my mouth, the meditations of all our hearts, Be pleasing and joyful to you. You who is our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This week, we had a cold day. We had Martin Luther King on Monday. We celebrated and remembered Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. on Monday. The kids didn't have school. On Wednesday, it was cold and the kids didn't have school. On Friday, it snowed a foot, and the kids didn't have school. And so this week, I was very acutely aware of how in our day-to-day lives, the world tries to pull us in so many different directions. We have all kinds of responsibilities. We have all kinds of people need different things from us. We have notifications popping up on our screens, our phones. We have emails filling our inboxes. We have people and different organizations all vying for a spot on our calendar or as they like to just a moment of your time, right? That's why each winter we started holding our contemplative worship service at the 8:30 hour that's the reason why because for about 45 minutes on a Sunday it's an opportunity to step away from all of that busyness of everyday life to set down the phone to quiet ourselves and tune ourselves to God's presence the presence of God is always with us but it's so easily drowned out with our to-do lists and social media and 24-hour news coverage. So for that little bit of time each week, that contemplative worship, we pause and we bring ourselves back to God, centering on God's ancient word and listening for how it's speaking in our very everyday lives. And in today's scripture, we see Deborah in a similar space. She has the chaos of war looming around her. She's in the midst of the oppression of her people, and yet she creates this space for channeling God's wisdom. She finds stillness under a palm tree and tunes herself to God's voice. The story of Deborah is found in the book of Judges, and this book of Scripture tells Israel's history before they had a king. And so God commanded Israel to clear the land of the Canaanite people. And along with that clearing of the people, clearing of their worship practices of idols and other gods. But instead of doing that, the Israelite people, they chose to disobey God and to befriend the the Canaanite people. And in doing that, making friends isn't bad, but in that they embraced the Canaanite way of life and their way of worshiping other gods. And so there's this recurring refrain in Judges that the people did what was right in their own eyes. They neglected God's commands and they worshiped other gods. And so neighboring nations would come in and rule over the Israelite people because they ignored God's guidance and God's leading. And so then when, and we see this in the scripture, the people would cry out to God and God would have mercy on them. And they, and then God would raise up a judge to lead them and to restore the peace in the land. But then the judge would die and the people would fall away from God again, and then that cycle would happen over and over and over again. They would do what was right in their own eyes. Someone would come in and oppress them. They would cry out to God. God would raise up a judge and lead them and restore the peace until they died, and then again and again and again. And so in the book of Judges, we see this theme of God's faithfulness to God's people, even in the midst of of turning away, and then turning back for help, and turning away, and turning back. And so Deborah is one of these judges that that God appoints and and pulls up to lead and to guide the people of Israel to live with God rather than for themselves. And so as a judge, she is this, this regional leader, and she settles cases. So she's sitting underneath this palm And she settled, people come to her to settle cases between them. And then to lead them in fighting battles against the people who had oppressed them. And so she was also, in the midst of all of this, she was charged with really, truly guiding the people of Israel to keep their covenant with God. That was the most important thing, the crux of everything else. And to be faithful to God's commandments. And Deborah is unique because she's the only recorded female judge. And she's also not just a judge, but she's a prophet. She speaks on behalf of God. So with this war looming, Deborah is found holding court underneath a palm tree. And we get the sense that she's away from the center of the action. She's a, she has made her space away from all of the center because people have to go to her so that she, they might have their cases settled by her. And she's away from the center not as a way to ignore everything that is going on, but as a way to create this space So that she can turn to God in counsel and in comfort. And so it's there underneath this palm that Deborah tells Barak how he is going to lead Israel into this victory, restoring peace for 40 years. Now, I don't know about you, but even in situations that are far less stressful than imminent war and oppression... I forget to turn to God first for guidance and comfort. Of course, eventually I go to God, but more often than I would like to admit to you all, my default is probably Google, right? Like, it's like, oh, let me Google it. Or I just worry and I dwell on it. Or I try to figure out how I can just do it all myself. Those are my defaults. My default is not, oh, there's this thing happening. Let me go to God. Because that's smart. That would solve a lot of problems. But I don't do that. But those times that I do, remember, to, in that moment, pause and to center myself in God's presence, to open myself to the wisdom of God that is always around us, those times are so much easier and so much better, especially in the long run. And that is the wisdom that we see in Deborah, her willingness to create that space. Deborah shows us that in stillness, practicing our attending to God with fierce trust, it's trust because even in the midst of all of the chaos and all of the unknown, she stops and she goes to God and she listens and she pauses. And there's a trust in that and not just trying to handle it all yourself. And that, when we do that, when we have that fierce trust and that pause in God, that's when we can sift through all of the chaos of the world and align ourselves with the movement of God's Spirit. In some way or another, we are all, we feel like we are living under an oppression of sorts. Either it's literally or figuratively. I have a feeling that as I say this, you're each thinking of that thing, that difficult thing that is in your life that you're struggling with and you feel oppressed and overcome by. We're in some sort of battle. So what would it look like in your life if you were like Deborah? And instead of numbing yourself with social media and scrolling through Instagram reels, those are really fun and very entertaining. But what if instead of doing that, instead of of researching on Google how everyone else has solved this problem, what if you practiced stillness, instead of doing something, you did nothing, and trusted that in that stillness, God would guide you in the right way to go. This week, I challenge you to do that, to create that moment of space for yourself, where you can tune yourself to God. Now, that looks different for each one of us depending on our personality, depending on our our season of life. It might be going for a walk or simply sitting and taking a few deep breaths. For me, it's probably watering my plants or light a candle and just stare at the flame for a little while. Whatever stillness might look like for you. And in that moment, Simply live into the wisdom of Deborah. Open and trusting in God's wisdom that is there for you to receive and God's grace that is ever present. Let's pray. Oh God, we hear this, we hear it with our ears. We know that this is the way that you call us to live. And yet, oh God, it is difficult to, in the moment of struggle and unknown, to instead of doing something, we do nothing. To sit with you, to maybe separate ourselves from all that is going on around us and breathe and know that you are with us, and you are guiding us, and to attune ourselves to your spirit. It's easy, and yet oh so hard, and so we pray for your spirit to guide us, to nudge us, and maybe kick us if you need to, so that we might see you working in our midst. We know that you are with us, and we are grateful for that truth. Amen. And now I'd like to invite the choir to come up and to sing a song entitled Prepare the Way with Quietness. Thank you, choir. We have quite a few prayers that have come in this morning. Um, One is all of these beautiful flowers are from um, Betty Monin's service that was on Friday. And so we continue our prayers um, giving thanks to God for Betty and for a beautiful worship service together on Friday and also um, prayers for her family as they continue um, to mourn and to celebrate Betty's life. And then Michaela has a prayer of thanksgiving for her brother-in-law, Justin, who is joining the worship band as a drummer. Thank you, Justin. We may clap. It's okay. And the Obles, uh say happy 26th birthday to Dan. And travel mercies for Grace as she leaves on Thursday for Florence, Italy. For her last semester at school Um, is a study abroad. So prayers for her. And then um, Kathy asked for prayers for her good friend Leslie who lost her hearing. As well as prayers for Nancy and for Judy. Um, And we do have an update. Nancy um, fell and broke her neck last weekend and um, she we have an update from her daughter Amy uh, fairly well and she is currently at Beth's house Um, she's not able to take phone calls but would love to have um, cards you can mail cards to her home and they can get them to her and then Shelly asked for prayers of those who have no homes this winter Yes, especially in this cold and all of this snow. And prayers for Michael, who is still in chemotherapy. Um, and then also prayers for Nancy Einheit, asked for prayers for um, their nephew, Mark, on the sudden passing of his wife. Um, uh, she was 36 years old. Um, she passed away unexpectedly of acute lymphoma and leaves behind a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Um, And then also, uh, Linda asked for prayers as today is the fourth anniversary of Jim's passing. Um, And I would like to have a prayer of praise and joy as I got to hang out with the confermans on the seventh and eighth graders and a ninth grader uh, this uh, at the 930 hour and teach them about communion. And that's just always fun to hang out with the kids. And we ate lots of fun snacks together. So, I think that is all. So, with that, let us go to our Lord in prayer. Holy God, we come to you this morning and we recognize that sometimes, most of the time, peace only feels and seems like a faraway dream. We long for it in our lives in the lives of our families and our friends, of our country and our world. But with the passing of each and every day, the prospect for peace seems to be increasingly unobtainable. Restlessness seems to be the order of our present existence, whether it's our inner restlessness rooted in all of anxiety, the restlessness of society, because of chaos that's got all the chaos around us or it's our restless world that's plagued by conflicts of all sorts and yet even in the midst of all of that oh god we dream of peace peace in our souls our neighborhoods our countries our world and so today, oh God, we pray that, you, that we might experience that peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding. Oh God, we pray that we might experience you, you who is the peace of the world. Penetrate to the grieving heart, be with the lonely one, remember those who feel forgotten, reclaim those who have strayed, and oh God, make music out of the disharmony that is conflict and chaos. But most of all, O God, may our restless hearts rest in you. God, we lift these prayers in faith, confident in the truth that your spirit is at work in our world, making all things new, even in this very moment. And so with confidence, we lift our voices together, praying the prayer Jesus taught so long ago, and the glory forever. Amen. The last thing we do each Sunday is remind ourselves that we have a calling as followers of Christ to go into the world and to create those safe spaces, not just here, but in every place where we are. And so we have a few ways that you can do that with and through BUMC. And the first is making lasagna next weekend. So on Saturday, we are going to gather and we're going to make lasagna for two different ministries. The first ministry is, um, and I just immediately forgot the name, Pearl Road. The first ministry we're making lasagna for is for Pearl Road that we're serving on Sunday. And then the next ministry is for Nehemiah Mission that we will serve on Tuesday. And so you're welcome to come Saturday and to make the lasagna or and or you're welcome to come on sunday or tuesday evening and to serve the lasagna and that's a way to connect with these these communities and to help them to know that they are loved and they are cared for not just by god but by other people in the world and then also we will have on sunday the fourth we will have um, a names with faces event and that will be directly following this service on the 4th, and that's just going to be a fun time where we will have lunch together, and we will do this kind of speed dating style event where we'll get to know each other and simply have fun and um, and just see and learn about the, the different people that we have in our church community. And then finally, we have all kinds of ministry teams. I've heard people, like, see the insert that we have, and that's not even really all of the ministry teams. It's just the ones that we have right now. Um, And I've heard them say, that's a lot of stuff. I don't know where to start. And so what we want to do is highlight a couple of ministry teams and tell you a little bit, bit about them each week. And the first one is the stewardship team. That is for people who are willing to be like Deborah and to open themselves to where God is leading us to create those safe spaces and to invite others and to help us to use our resources in new and creative ways and to come up with new revenue sources like Eric was talking about. It's people who like spreadsheets and helping others understand spreadsheets and telling the story of how BUMC uses our financial resources. So it can be spreadsheet people, it can be people who are passionate about ministry and sharing the story of BUMC. Um, And then the next one that we want to highlight is the building maintenance team. The building maintenance team is tasked with helping our facilities managers with projects around this big gigantic church building. Um, Like That would be like um, helping to add the new sink downstairs that they just did in the kitchen. Like if you're handy like that, DIY, you can do things like that. Um, It's on an ad needed basis. And so it's one project at a time. And so you can kind of let us know if you'd like to be part of that team. And then you can just kind of plug in where you have those skills. And then there's the grounds team. And that is, um, do you like gardening? No, no one likes gardening okay I see two people who like gardening well congratulations you're our grounds team (laughs) so that's gardening it's mowing maybe that is your quiet time with God is mowing or weeding you can come and you can help with that that's just a seasonal thing you're not going to be doing it in the winter but if you're around in the summer and you can help out every once in a while not all the time, every once in a while, then that's the team for you. And then the last one we're going to talk about today is the parsonage team. So I don't know if you know this, but the house that me and the weird guy with the shorts, uh, and our family live in is called the parsonage and it's owned by the church. And so if you're like one of those DIY people and you like doing home projects and you want to help us, um, with home projects around the parsonage and keeping up that church property, then this is the team for you. Or if you're a realtor and you like to figure out how to kind of invest and, um, I don't know, improve the parsonage, then that's the team for you. So do you get a sense of how there's literally a team for everyone, depending on what your gift is? And so that these are just a few examples of that. And then the last thing that I want to mention is there is um, something that a spiritual director in our um, conference is doing and it's called lengthening silence during lent and that is an opportunity and um, melanie has been sharing this in the blast and all the different areas um, that if you would like to have that moment of silence a guided moment of silence throughout lent and have it a little bit longer each day then you can sign up for this and it's a way to kind of have that that creating that space like Deborah in your life um, throughout Lent, and so you can sign up for that as well. So with all of that, let us receive our benediction and go and do God's good work. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen. Let's stand and sing together.
2: This is my prayer in the desert When all that's within me feels dry My God. And providence flow. I know I'm filled to be emptied again. The seed I've received, I will
1: sow. All right, everybody, I hope you have a great week.